Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast. The music podcast where we uh, we rank all of the album, albums from whatever band we're doing this week. And this week we're doing Yes, but we're only going to be ranking their first nine records, the, so the original John Anderson era. And uh, before we do that, uh, we're going to do our Six Degrees of Tom DeLonge, if you don't know what that is. Uh, look up the Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, same idea, but with Tom DeLonge to the uh, artist Duh. of the week. So go to Apple Podcasts, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. You know, tweet at us, send us a DM. I don't care. We'll probably talk about it like we talked about uh, somebody, our guy from Texas uh, on the last episode uh, regarding grunge. So uh, <laughs> let's let's just jump right into our six degrees of Tom DeLonge because why, why the hell not? Sure. So what do you got, Jeff? Uh, I, I have two. So I don't okay. know how many you have or what you want to do. I have one. Okay, so then I guess I'll go first. Okay, you do that. Uh, this one is just like a super easy one, kind of a cheap one. But Rick Wakeman, starting with Rick Rick Wakeman, who uh, w- who is and was the keyboardist of this the band. Yes, uh, he he was featured on one Black Sabbath song when they were recording the album Sabotage, and so we go Ozzy from Black Sabbath to Post Malone, because Post Malone was on the last the latest Ozzy record. And then we go Post Malone to Travis Barker because they, they did that Nirvana set last year. And then Travis to Tom DeLonge. So mm. that was kind of an easy one. So what okay. do you got? Well, uh, Steve Howe and Rick Wakeman both did work on Lou Reed's second album. That was his self-titled second album. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lou Reed did guest work on The Killers, a B-side album they did called Sawdust, which had Ronnie Venucci playing drums that's the drummer for the killers mm-hmm. ronnie is also in a band called big talk Never and heard of them. on their second album brooks wackerman played drums oh okay so and then not only did play. brooks play drums on you know the best vandals record look what animal stepped in but he also <laughs> played on uh, tom solo album so he did yeah and he has toured with with blink over the years so yeah. there you go that's a goodie that's a goodie uh, this one is, uh, it's also, it ends with a drummer to, to Tom as well. So we start with Billy Sherwood, who is the current bass player for Yes, and has been in the band since like 1994 or something like that, uh, doing various, having various roles in the band. So we, st- we start with Billy Sher- Sherwood. Uh, he also played in Missing Persons with Dale Bazio, who was married to Terry Bazio. And Dale and Terry Bazio obviously both both played for Frank Zappa played with Frank Zappa back in the day uh, we go from Frank Zappa to his son Dweezil Zappa who has put out many records himself and Josh Freeze is very good friends with Dweezil Zappa and has played on Dweezil's some of Dweezil's records so then we go to Josh Freeze and then Josh Freeze has played with Blink over the years so there you go look at that that's what I got 
I didn't really want to end on Josh Freeze, but I feel like the journey here was the destination. So it all worked out in the end. At least wanted to say Dweezil. Mm-hmm. Because who doesn't like to say that? Dumb name. It's not his yeah. real name. Stupid. <laughs> okay, so so th- that's our six degrees of Tom DeLonge. Uh, let's just get into the album rankings. So we're gonna we're going up through uh, Tormato. So we're going from the first US record through to Tormato. Technically, the classic John Anderson era of the band from the early seventies to nineteen seventy eight. So we're gonna okay. start with our our worst uh, album and then our biggest banger off of that. So what do you got for your number nine? Um, going for the one. This is uh, their eighth mm-hmm. one, 77. It's the one with the guy's butt in the cover. Yeah. The uh, guy, yeah. Not, not really a fan of this one. This came out sounding weird. It was like a mashup of all their sounds. It just didn't mesh well. They got rid of Roger Dean and mm-hmm. like kind of like redid themselves. And the sound is just, it's too pop. It's focusing on Anderson. It's not necessarily an automatic bad thing, but they never backed it up with any substance like they normally do. So I don't have a banger for this. And I, I I didn't really enjoy this one that much, but you have it on vinyl. Yeah, it was free. You had to get <laughs> you had to get the butt guy. You had to get the butt guy. Yeah, right? plus it's funny to pull it out. Look at his butt. Because <laughs> <laughs> butts are funny. I mean, butts. So I got to cut. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh God. Okay, so my number nine is uh, Tales from the Topographic Ocean, <laughs> their sixth record. Uh, this one, it's, it's a double album. Uh, and I was just kind of bored, honestly. I just, it just didn't do it for me. A lot of it was really atmospheric, but not like, like fun. Not, I don't want to say fun. Just, it wasn't interesting. I just wasn't, I was bored through a lot of this record. That is crazy. Yeah. I just, I it was, it was just too much. It was just too much of this. I feel like they stretched themselves way too thin on this record um i don't have this on vinyl and i don't think i'll get it on vinyl even though it has a really cool cover but if i had to choose a song uh it's the song ritual just because halfway through it it actually picks up and it's exciting otherwise it's just like drawn out just kind of like almost like ballad like it's like almost like their versions of a ballad like a prog ballad and it's just eh, it's just kind of boring to me so tales from from a topographic ocean or from topographic oceans is my number nine. So okay. what do you for number eight? That's you're already wrong. <laughs> um yeah. So number eight, um, Tormato. That's their ninth mm-hmm. album, seventy eight. This one comes right after going for the one, the butt album, the butt cheeks album. <laughs> and and like the single from this album isn't even that good. And it's like a crazy popular single. I didn't even write what the name was, so I don't even care what it was. And it's got this weird, like funk vibe to it, but it doesn't really go anywhere. And and Steve Howe, like, dude, he's so good at the guitar. But in this mm-hmm. one, he's just like writing his guitar the whole time. and doesn't want to, like, make a song. He just wants to wank. It's fucking irritating. And this is the only time I've ever like been really irritated by his guitar playing. There's some faster songs here and there, and actually some of the fastest songs like they've ever done. But I just I can't. I don't like his guitar sound. Like the way he plays guitar, I don't like it at all. I like his sound and his style, but he's just the same thing over and over and over on this album. And it's so annoying, and it's like their ugliest artwork, hands down. Oh, dude, it's the it's the worst. Yeah, I'd rather look at the butt guy than look at this one. It just it's it just seems gross. I don't know. <laughs> it's and not I feel like good. 
And I feel like whenever we get the big bundles of records, like when we buy like 200 records at a time, there's this record's always in there. It's always, always this record. There. Yep. Pretty much, yeah. This it's this record. You can almost be guaranteed this record's gonna be in there. And I just I hate the cover. It's like, dude, it's like it's their worst cover, easily their worst cover. And they have some really amazing stuff and really bad stuff. So yeah, Tormato's rough. Oh. Or the, the album, oh. the album cover is at least. Tormato and going for the one better be next. Either one of those two better be next. Otherwise, this bot is probably over. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. So, we'll see. so what, what was your favorite off of Tormato? I don't have a favorite. Oh, you don't? Okay, that's no, fine. I don't care. I uh, we're having fun. fun here. We're having fun here. So uh, my number eight is Relayer, their seventh record. What are you talking? Are you yeah, fucking? this was. What are you doing? Coming are you off of Topographic right Coming off of Topographic Oceans, this is like a mini version of that. Uh, it was it. It just kind of stuck with that like prog ballad stuff that they were doing, and you know you know me. I'm not a balladman, so it's just I. Just, it was hard for me to get into it. I was a little bit bored. Uh, just I I can't really do a lot of their slower stuff, which they started doing later in this era of the band. And uh, yeah, other than that, I mean, my I guess a banger would be Sound Chaser. Uh, just cause it, it's, it's chaotic at parts. I mean, Chris Squire's bass playing on it is, is pretty much killer throughout it, but that was like really the highlight of this record for me. Otherwise it was just, there was some good guitar parts, but I don't know. It just didn't really do it for me. You are, not, you are already 100% wrong. Like your, your rankings are wrong because you think <laughs> Tormato is good and you think going for the one is good. So you are wrong and it's <laughs> annoying already. So we're at. All right. Okay, so then what do you got for number seven? Uh, their first album, Yes. Yes is Yes. Okay. You're boring, 1969. Okay. It's not bad. It's just not, I'm not filled. I'm still hungry after this. I need more. Okay. And it's, it's, it's fine. I mean, they're just, they were a cover band at the time, and that's, that's, that's where they brought to the table. It was fine. Mm-hmm. Nothing really bad to say about this. Uh, Sweetness, the song Sweetness. I mean, it's a, it's a pop song more than anything else, but... But here's a band for like a brief second where they thought like letting the vocal melodies be the main part of the band was a good thing. But then there's still like a little bit of the background there where everyone's just kind of going really crazy, but it's so subtle. So it's kind of cool to see the beginnings of them getting better. Mm-hmm. So like starting with their, their their first one, yes is yes. We're already at two. Like yeah, a yes is a two, easy two. Tormato and going for the one are not twos, and that's eh. that's a, that's a fact. So we're already yeah, at twos, yeah. and we're just gonna go up from there. Okay, yeah, correct, correct, correct. I'd say I'd say for me at this point, I'm I'm not at the two range yet. Out of our three point rating system, yeah, I'm not I'm not at a two yet. So. Uh, my number six is uh, it's fragile. Go ahead. Or no, what's, seven, what's, seven. What's seven your num- what's your what's your real number seven? Ah, it's going for the one. I thought, yeah. damn, I okay. thought I could Come get on. you. I thought I no. could get you. I'm sorry. You're stupid I, as shit. I know, I know that. But you're not that <laughs> stupid. <laughs> uh, yeah, my my number seven is going for the one. Their eighth record. I don't know how uh, the fuck you think Topographic Oceans is worse than Going for the Ones, but that is just insane to me. You know. It, it was it was nice coming off of the the last the, those last two of, of topographic and and relayer. It was a little bit more stripped down. It was a little it was shorter songs. It wasn't as ambitious, I guess you could say. So it, it was it was a nice relief, and uh, and I, I enjoyed it. I, I 
I enjoyed it, but I mean, I don't know how often I'd ever really go back to this one, even though I have it on vinyl, which is wild too. But um, going for the one, the, the title track is probably, it, it's my biggest banger. It's probably the most straightforward song on the record. And it, it reminds me a lot of their first two records, which, which was kind of cool how they were, they were, they kind of threw it back there. And um, yeah, just some, some good moments overall, like at the, the guitar playing at the end of the song, Parallels was solid. Um, and then the closer awaken it, it, that that song is just too long. That's kind of why this one gets as low as it does, is because that that song is like 16 minutes, and <laughs> it was just too much like like topographic and relay, and it just kind of killed it at that point. So I don't know. That's my number seven. Is going for the one. So what do you got for six? Okay, uh, number six is Tales. Tales from the Topographic Oceans. Hmm. Their sixth album. This is uh, it's 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 interesting to think that this is their first double like studio LP because they do have a lot of long songs, and then their live stuff is always very very long. But I thought this was a rad concept. This is a concept album. It's four. It's just four songs, and essentially the songs just flow together anyway. So it's kind of mm-hmm. just one song, one concept. I think it flows very nicely. And it's overall just a good sort of like eerie and sometimes discomforting output. And there's a lot of there's a lot of emotions going on. I don't have a favorite song because it's it's just impossible. It's 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 too conceptual to pick a favorite song. But yeah. I will say that it is long. And <laughs> too long. I, I listened to this twice this week because the first time I fell asleep while listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So so I will say that it is it is long. Like every song was like fucking twenty minutes, twenty plus minutes. Well, yeah, it's like one song per side. So you essentially Damn. only have four songs. Some of it gets so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's pretty long. Yeah, a little long. So did you only listen? Did you listen exclusively on vinyl? Yeah. No Spotify. No Spotify at all. Uh, I did listen to f- to the album of the week once on Spotify, just so I can throw down some timestamps. But okay. other than that, yeah, exclusive on vinyl. I'm not no fucking cuck, dude. I I work for this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, so so my number six is Tormato, their their ninth record. Uh the sum as a whole is is a lot less proggy, so they were kind of going with the shorter song similar to their first record, first couple records. Um I, I I do like that. I like how concise it is and I do like that throwback. Um the only thing that that I kind of didn't like was that they started to, they've they've at this point they had started to move toward a lot of like Renaissance sounding site type of like style, which it, it could be cool at times, but I don't know, it's whatever. And then I feel like this is the first time you hear like the big '80s synth sounds coming into their music, which like dominated their music from the '80s. So you, you heard it on this on this record. I feel like for for the first time, but. My favorite song on this one is "Release, Release." Uh, it's it's probably the most energetic energetic song. It doesn't have you know the Renaissance sounding stuff. It doesn't have the overuse of synth, which is nice, and uh, it's it's just a solid song. So there's some great parts from from the from Chris Squire and and Steve on this record. So good stuff. So that's my number six, Tormato. Damn. Okay. So what do you got for five? All right. Uh, Time in a Word, their second album, 1970. Okay. This was this was a huge step forward for the band. So, like, from number one to number two, we're talking massive steps. But every other release since then 
hasn't been like that big of steps. They've gotten better and refined, but the step for or the the jump from their first album to this one it was just massive. Yeah. I, especially in the prog market here. Like here they went sort of like full speed ahead into the prog and really dialed in what would eventually just get more and more technical. There's some really strong choruses like Sweet Dreams, but nothing mm-hmm. nothing's bad about this album. Like nothing is bad about this one. But it's just like they've done so much stuff that is so much better. But this album is really, really good. I love it. And this one took me forever to find on vinyls too. Pain in the ass. Yeah, this one I that that one I I don't have on vinyl yet. So I after this week I'm probably gonna purge some of my yes. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, I know. I'm only gonna keep I'm only gonna keep my top five. Are you running out of room? Uh, I mean, yeah, I kind of am running out of room to be honest. Yeah. And it just and knowing that I'm never gonna go back, I'm probably never gonna go back to Relayer, never gonna go back to Tormato or going for the one. I'm not. I'm not gonna listen to those again. Okay. So right. I just I, I I gotta purge them. But but from here on out, my number five on up, I'm gonna keep going back to these records. So my number five is yes, yes is yes, their debut record. Uh, this one was just I mean just kind of going off of what you said. This is more of like a a straight rock kind of record. There's, there isn't a lot of prog on there, but it's, it's a solid record. It's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun. And I enjoyed listening to it. Um, my, my favorite song is, is every little thing because I don't know if you picked up on it, but the riff that they use is the riff to day tripper from the Beatles. It is, it is the riff, but it's, but it's presented in like a more of a prog way rather than the pop rock that the Beatles were doing with that song. So I thought that was cool. It, it, it was really, really kind of cool. It was probably but, like uh, intentional because they, they, cover, oh yeah, totally they cover the Beatles. Like that's, yeah. Like it, on, I mean, yeah, it was through and through intentional. Cause I mean, it's the, it's not even like they're trying to hide that it was the riff by like throwing like one or two notes off. Like it was the direct riff of that, the main riff to day tripper, but I, I, it sounded really good and throwing their little like, you know, prog things into it. It's awesome. So, uh, I don't have, I don't have, no, I do have, I do have this record. I have their first record. So keeping this one. So that's my number five is yes is yes. So what okay. do you got for number four? Number four. So mine, mine are a little off because I do, I do have drama in there, but mm-hmm. uh, let's see. Number f- four or five. <clears throat> right. Did I say time and word? Yeah. Yeah, you did. Okay. Well, I didn't, well, I didn't even see my favorite. I didn't see my biggest banger though. Oh, you did. Oh, I thought you did. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, don't what be sorry. It? You're not sorry. Are you really sorry? I'm really sorry. Yeah. You're not really sorry. That's why I said I'm sorry. Every days. Every days is is a banger mm. because it's fucking phenomenal. Bruford has has a mesmerizing hi hat like jazzy triplet hit that he does. That's it's so good. it's insane. And I mean, I'll say this multiple times throughout this episode, but there's a lot of Mars Volta stuffs going on in this band. And oh yeah. Especially in a lot of the instrumental parts, Omar's guitar, like their frantic stop and go shit, it's just, it's mind blowing stuff. And that song is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, number yep. four, right? One, two, three, four. Yeah, number four. Yeah, you're at number four. The Yes album, their third album. This is this is their first album with Steve Howe on guitar, and mm-hmm. you can hear the difference almost immediately. Howe is a phenomenal player. And he has this like playful way of being technical without passing into like the pretentious category. He's yeah, still, definitely. he's still kind of like a, I, I don't know. He, he's, he's not, 
he's super, super technical. He's super precise. He doesn't let a lot of notes bleed into each other, but it's not annoying. And it's not like disrespectful to everybody else. That is not that good a guitar. It's fun. But mm-hmm. I mean, my favorite yes song is from this album. The, the song that got me into this band. I've seen all good people. This is, Oh like, yeah. Yeah. This was, I mean, well, I guess we'll talk about it in my intro, but this is my, my favorite yes song, which I've seen all good people. It's, Really? Okay. It's fucking good. Okay, so that is your number four is the Yes album, their third record. Uh, my number four is Time in a Word, their second record. Uh, this one I don't have on vinyl. I would love to have this one. I think this this record is is just amazing. And like like you, my favorite song is Every Days. I that it's 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 the jazz drumming on the the jazz hi hat that like completely drew me in, and I was just. I was blown away. I loved it. It was, it's just, it's a great jazz prog rock song. Like, a, like, I guess maybe like the earliest version of a, of a jazz fusion record without sounding cheesy. It's really fucking good. I, I thought perfect. it was great. It really is. He's so yeah. damn good sometimes. And, and overall the album, I feel like this is where the, they, I mean, obviously they started to take more chances and there's a lot of jazz and a lot of Southern rock on this record. And but the way they blended those two genres together, I felt just it worked so well for them. Definitely like a huge progression for the band was was time and a word. And I need to get this on. I, this is the only one in my top five that I need to get on vinyl. I have everything else on vinyl in my top five. This one cost so. me five dollars when I finally saw it, mm-hmm. but I've seen it once and never again. And I have the U.S. version, not the U.K. version, where it shows like the boobies on the front. I have this stupid oh, U.S. version which shows all of them just taking a picture. But I've only seen it once. It was like $5, <laughs> but I've never seen it again. Interesting. I wonder why. Yeah, I've never, I've never seen it either. It's I just why I, that is. I just don't think it's a popular album by them. I don't think it's worth anything, but it's just not popular. So nobody fucking cares. And it's probably in a lot of lots that people give away or whatever. I don't know. But I feel like a lot of the records that, they, that I see a lot aren't the popular records. That's true. Like so Tormato, like going for the one. Yeah. Like, do you see those so much? And yeah, all the time. Too. And then, and then the what was the what's the one with the really cheesy '80s cover? The gray one with like the was a nine oh two one five or whatever. Yeah, nine oh one two five with Owner of yeah. a Lonely Heart. Well, I guess that song's really popular, but yeah. <laughs> the song that I thought was by the Police for many many years. Oh my! I see. Yeah, that's what I thought too. And oh, do you know it's so annoying because sounds I, like I a listen, police song, right? Like, it really does. I, it's so <laughs> frustrating. And then every time, because I listen to all these records on Spotify, and I listen to all the ones I have on vinyl on vinyl, and uh, and every time I, I would finish an album on Spotify, it would automatically go and play like the next like Yes song from their catalog, and it was always Owner of a Lonely Heart every fucking time. <laughs> That's nasty. Every ten, every nine record for nine records, I I listened to the beginning of that song. Oh, it's it was so, so annoying. annoying. Oh, <laughs> I do not like that song. So dumb. Okay, anyway, so right, what, what do you got for your number three? So this is actually my number four. We, I, I oh, thought okay, we were going to do drama. drama. I told you to, to do drama. I forgot. Because even though it doesn't have Anderson on it, it's, uh, it's pretty damn good. So I listed drama as my number four. This is... Okay. Uh, this is the only album sung by Trevor Horn, but even then he still tries to sound like Anderson and it's, it's just, dude, it's fucking good. And it's forgotten so often by fans 
because they broke up like right after this release and then Anderson came back and then he never really wanted to do any of the songs because they weren't his songs. So mm-hmm. he's being a little butthole about it. And it's a shame because it's a killer <laughs> album. And it's some, there's some very, very heavy metal riffs and shit on this one. That's why I thought you would like it because it's pretty damn heavy for a Yes album. Should have listened to it. I know. That's I right, though. You'll like it. You'll like it. It's really good. The art that they brought back Roger Dean to do the artwork after Tormato and uh, going for the one, and there, like the second half of this is a little bit poppier than the first half. But the first track called Machine Messiah is ten minutes mm-hmm. long, and dude, it's fucking metal. It is. It starts off with a pretty heavy metal like riffage going on, and it plays mm-hmm. around a lot, but it always comes back to that heaviness. And Squire's bass is loud. It's finally super, super loud and super aggressive. Okay. Fuck, I should have listened to it. I don't know. It's good. It. I've only seen this one a while once too. Actually twice. And and I bought it the first time and then Sloan bought it the second time. And both times it was like 10 bucks. That's No, that's expensive for yes. It is It is a little expensive for yes, yes. I've never paid more than $5 for a yes record. Yeah. Ever. I, so. I paid more than that. What'd you Actually, pay I've, only, for? I've only paid ten dollars because the other one that I bought with the forty-five was also ten dollars. Oh, oh, that one, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, my number three, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm actually on three, not four. Yeah, you're on three now. Yeah, yeah. Three is our our, our album of the week, Fragile. Hmm. Yes. Interesting. Very yes. interesting. So relay relayer is that high for you? That's unbelievable. I know. I was pretty upset. That's probably, that's probably your was. number one. You fucking. It could be. Goddamn it could be one. It could be two. If it's your, if it's your number one, I'm so glad that you didn't pick the album of the week. Because <laughs> I would have been bummed. <laughs> I, I wouldn't oh, have picked. I mean, no. Oh, go. Ahead. What's your number three? My my number three is uh, is the Yes album, their third record. Uh. The song, or you know, the song "Clap" leading into "Starship Trooper." Those songs they have to be played back to back, just because "Clap" is that all acoustic uh, song, and it just it goes so well into into "Starship Troopers." So it it's my, those are my favorite songs on the record, but they have to be played together. Yes. Uh, but but this album is just it's way more experimental, way more so than their second one, which I was surprised by, and it's just it's it's a bit more wanky, which is nice, but it's not. It's not overdone. It's not obnoxious. And in the that's end, they always Steve, just like, Steve they bring it back around. Yeah. He, they, they just, they, they, they do it so well in this era. They just bring everything back around. And I don't know. It, it, it's this, this, these three records that I think are just unreal. They're so fucking good. And my, my, my top three, I think are just, I don't know. They're fantastic. Um, and then my, my biggest surprise was that, you know, I've see, seen all the good people. I that's crazy that it's on this record, like this early in their career. They, I think this is. I mean, outside of "Owner of a Lonely Heart," this is their biggest song. And I just I couldn't believe it, <laughs> like that, that they can make such like a huge pop rock hit, but then yet still just kill it prog wise. It's remarkable. It it's is truly it's, remarkable. It's essentially "Owner of a Lonely Heart." But if you take the mask off, it's this fucking prog rock epic. Mm-hmm. And it's masked so perfectly because, it, like, I mean, we'll get to it later, but yeah, well, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's, it's good. It's really good. good. It's good, it's good. So then what's your number two? 
Uh, my number two is clo- close to the edge. <laughs> okay, that's my number two as well. So we might as well both talk about it together. Yeah, close to the edge. This was um, this is the last one with 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 Mr. Bruford. He left mm-hmm. to go join another massively huge, influential prog band. But King close Crimson, to the right? edge, yeah. Yeah, dude, like what a fucking album this is. This is so over the top. Like it's so extravagant, but it's so well thought out. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's not my favorite, but I think this is their best album. It's just, it, dude, it's one oh, of the what? best prog rock albums of all time. Easy. <laughs> it's it's so perfect. Like everything about this album is fucking perfect. Everything is just. Every note that they do, they thought about it. Every single person probably had input as is that is that eighth note better than a sixteen? Is 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 this time signature better or should we add one or two more notes to this measure? Like everything about this is so technical, but it sounds yeah. flawless. It sounds absolutely flawless and it just sounds so easy when they do it. It's annoying. <laughs> and the first side is just of one fucking song. That's what like, I was gonna say. That's so the, annoying. The first side is eighteen minutes and forty seconds. <laughs> and that that's my favorite song and it's only because it's such a perfectly executed prog song that the stuff on side b is really good but just in the context of the entire record side a just blows it out of the water it's almost like they didn't even need to make a side b because side a was so good so i it's just an amazing <laughs> fucking record close to the edge is amazing it is. It, it it absolutely is. And, and and again, this this is like their best record. So, but it's not because you you put Relayer higher than this. That's my favorite record. But well, my favorite record is obviously Fragile. So wait, which what's, what's your favorite off of Close to the Edge? Is it the title track? Yeah, for sure. Okay. It's. Yeah. I mean, like, and then and then like it's 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 separated into four parts, and and each part kind of like has its own theme. But then it transitioned to into another part, and there's just like there's a lot of stuff going on, and unlike the Wall by Floyd, where that album is so up its ass and you can hear it, and you can feel it, <laughs> this album is also up its ass, but it doesn't feel like that. It just feels natural. It feels like like it came natural to these guys. Like these guys didn't even try very hard to make something this good. Well, it's probably because you know this is what their their fifth record in. The Wall is like their ninth record in, and they had already blown up at that point, or Pink Floyd had blown up at that point. You know, so it's it, it in context, it's a little bit different. Well, and and the fact that that I mean, you're you're talking, you got like the dream team here. You got Steve Howe, who he does kind of like one thing, but fuck, does he do he he does he do that good? And then Chris yeah. Squire phenomenal bass player Wakeman Bruford I mean this is like a dream team here yeah and that's why it's so damn good it's funny because like well we'll talk about it we'll talk about it and like the cover dude like like Roger Dean does really extravagant crazy eclectic covers covers. and this one is like the opposite it's just basic yeah (laughs) like for their most technical extravagant insane album he does the opposite of what he normally (laughs) does like just genius it is the opposite, but it's still like, it's like cool. It's like a cool green color. Like it's not. I don't it know, fades just, up to the black, right? Like yeah. like there's some like light at the bottom of the record that like shines upwards. Yeah, it, it's a rad. It's a rad cover. I I, I oh. love that record. It's a it's a, like on the on the on vinyls too. 
You have it on vinyl, right? I think I yeah, I have it on vinyl. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have it. I have it's it. it's a good green, and, and like the way the, yeah. the the like the jacket feels, it's like that gritty kind of cardboard feel. It's not glossy or anything. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's it's a good it's a good it's it's a good green. It's a good cover. It is a good it's a good album. <laughs> Damn, it's a good album. It's fantastic. So, All right, so your your so number one is fragile because you're a cuck. Yeah. But let's let's get into the real number <laughs> one here. Let's get into the well, real number one here. It's not because that's number eight. But. It's Relayer. It's in their seventh album. This is so. When I first heard this album, when I was getting into Yes, when we first started doing this, I mm. thought like, oh shit, this is like the this is my favorite of them. I, I know it's not like their best, but this is my favorite. And then yeah. I was listening to the, their discography again. And then coming off of, of like other albums, I was like, there's no way that this can even come close to like fragile or close to the edge or even topographic. But it did. Dude, it blew me away again. The first side is just one song and it's it has my favorite guitar playing by how. I love his sound, I love his tone, I love his style. And then matched up with the new keyboardist. They had this other Swiss dude come in. And he kind of brought like this new edge because Wakeman is a, I mean, dude, he's like the fucking Mozart of, of Prague keyboards players, but they yeah, bring in this, this other crazy. dude named, named Moraz and he has like this new edge. He's like some Swiss refugee and he comes in and they start messing around with like some more jazzy fusion shit and it's good. It finally allows like Steve Howe to really like breathe and extend his, his solos to kind of where he wants it to go, whereas Wakeman wanted him to kind of keep it like structurally sound, where mm-hmm. now it's just kind of like a freeform jazz free for all. And then how switched to a Telecaster for the first time in this one, so he I gives it gives that oh dude it gives it that rad fifties Telecaster sound and just adds to like the 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 overall hot jazzy feel like that. Mm. Man, like, dude, Steve Howe's guitar tone in this is like one of my favorites of like all time. It just sounds absolutely perfect. And I've, like, that's like my dream guitar is a 50s Telecaster. And I have a bootleg of that of PV yeah. generation. <laughs> so if I ever even do it, like, the 50s Telecaster is just bar none the best thing ever. And he uses that here and it sounds absolutely fantastic. All Love right. this album. It's it's okay. It's an okay record. No, it's Relayer is a three out of three. Like I'm gonna oh tell you God, right now, Relay, Relayer and Close to the Edge is three out of three. My number three is Fragile. I won't, I won't spoil it and give you if it's three or three out of now. I don't know, <laughs> but the first two are three out of threes. Easy. Oh, you're so stupid. You're so dumb. I mean, maybe maybe if I if I listen to Relayer out of the context of their discography. Because, like I said, when I listened to Relayer, it was straight off the heels of of Topographic. That's so a, it was long, a lot of yeah. It was a lot of yes. So maybe I would give Relayer a, a higher higher rating ranking, but at this point, no, it's it's just just do me a favor of it. And before you get rid of Relayer, listen to it one more time and just really focus on the sound of House Guitar. Okay, I will. You'll like it. It's good. I will. Plus the artwork. I like the, the artwork on the Relayer record, too. Yeah, it's very like like monochromatic, right? A lot of grays, yeah. whites. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's, dude, Ryder Dean is just a fucking genius. Great He's artist. so good. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, so we got anything else about the rankings, or should we just end this and then get into the main episode? Yeah, Fragile. end it, get into the main episode, Fragile. Okay. So okay. yeah, thanks. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Go to Apple Podcasts, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at S9 Radio. And once again, that's it. That's all.